Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. We've already recorded an episode tonight. Yeah, we're pretty slap happy at this point. I have my coffee in my um, rosy riveter mug right now. Um, I have water in a red cup. Yeah, Madigan's tapped out on wine because we've had uh, like half a bottle of wine right now. Yep. So, but we we needed to record two episodes in one night. So we are in the pod closet after a brief hiatus, and um, we're we're ready to record our new segment. We are. Well, first of all, let's bring up the fact that we had said that we were going to do an episode on intersectional feminism, which we are going to get to. But we realize how important of a segment it is. We really want to give you guys the most quality content that we can on that. We might, um, you know, want to get a little bit more information mm-hmm. than we have. And, and in additional, uh, in addition to that, we have uh, been contacted by some people who know a lot about that topic and have offered to kind of like help us with it or be guests on it. So we're kind of taking our time on deciding yeah. exactly how we want to present that episode. So we definitely just want to acknowledge that we know we said we were going to do that this week. Yeah. Uh, well, and we will great, get to it. I mean, the great thing is, is that, you know, I think that we, with our episodes that we do, is we do try to at least, um, we like to think of ourselves as intersectional feminists. Absolutely. 100%. So the way that we like to present the facts that we have, we like them to be as intersectional as possible. So, um, and also we're going to, we were just talking about how much more we're going to learn by doing this episode. So if we give a little bit more time before we do it, maybe we'll be able to give you guys even more, more information into, than the first few weeks absolutely. of us recording. Yeah, Absolutely. So, so we also realize that we are now. This will be technically episode two, but episode kind three, of episode three. That's, that's released, and we haven't given you kind of any details at all about no. about who we are. So well, we did an episode, kind of like a trial run, before we did our first episode that we actually sent out to you guys, um, where we talked a little bit more about personal stuff, but it was a lot mm-hmm. of rambling and not a lot of content, so yeah. we decided not to air it, but so we're going to kind of rewind a little bit and talk a little bit about how we know each other, who we are as people, so maybe you guys can um, kind of be more a part of our lives in this adventure that we're going on. Should I start or do you want to start? You go. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so my name is Keegan Winfield. Um, I hate, th- I hate this. I hate anytime you have to do anything where it's like... Well, it's funny because we talk about that in like the mock episode. Yeah. Like, I hate anything that's like... Do you third, want me to ask you questions? Third person. Okay, um, wait. No, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. Uh, when's your birthday? My birthday is March 20th. Um, where are you from? Uh, kind of all over. My dad was in the military. I, I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I lived in um, Las Vegas, Nevada for seven years, and then Missouri, and then Utah, and Missouri, and now I'm in California. What's your nationality? Uh, I am biracial, uh, African-American, and Caucasian. All right. Yeah. Sweet. I don't so good, know a good quick, uh, quick rundown. And then I think maybe one thing we should do is just kind of like what brought us to feminism, maybe. Yeah. What brought you to feminism, Keegan? Um, well, it definitely wasn't the way that I was raised. It wasn't the way that... I was brought up, really. 
it was kind of something learned over time that I connected with on my own. But maybe the way that you were raised was what brought you to it without realizing it. I I do want to acknowledge that I I know I say a lot of things like that where it's just like, I wasn't raised this way. No, but but the way that you were raised was a way for you to look at the world and be able to... I have very strong women in my family. Totally. And my... I love my family and I love my parents. And I think that I was raised... I'm so fortunate and blessed in the way that I was raised in so many ways. And I mean, that's not how I meant it, but I meant like if you were raised in a way where... Yeah, but I feel like sometimes if people are raised in a way where maybe it wasn't what you believe in now, that maybe that is kind of what brought Brought you you to be able to see things differently in the world as you can. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think it was like an act of rebellion of my my family values, but I, I do think it was... I was raised in a in a in a very particular way and I saw the world in that way and then my own life experience is kind of what led me in a different way. Definitely. Um I think there were a few times and and maybe eventually in this podcast I'll become comfortable with it but I'm not yet comfortable with revealing a lot of the things that I feel like led me to feminism because I feel like they were pretty traumatic. Yeah. For me. Um Well, and I think that's something that a lot of women kind of can like relate to. And that's something I mean, my story is definitely rooted in some traumatic mm-hmm. shit that led mm-hmm. me to feminism. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's And and I and I brought it up I think in our very first episode where that is what a lot what brings a lot of women to feminism is like a lot of really bad shit happening yeah. to you and and i think after i had a few instances uh where i was either assaulted or harassed or treated really badly um that i then started to read and relate to a lot of feminist literature yeah. and it really kind of spoke to my heart yeah and and it um, helps it helps give words to things that you can't put words to and it makes you feel connected to other women and other people um on a much deeper mm-hmm. and more sincere level i so. agree well it makes you feel like you're not alone when yeah because, you know, if, if this Me Too movement has taught us anything, it's that really anyone can, any woman can relate in some way, shape, or form to the things that other women have gone through, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, whether that be through a criminal offense, whether mm-hmm. that be through just an assault or a cat call or something that's mm-hmm. made you feel uncomfortable, there's something for, I feel like, every woman to be able to listen and to understand, even if you don't call yourself a feminist, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because that's still such a dirty word to some people. Right. Um, that, yeah. that you're still able to hear this and listen and know that at least you have two people behind a microphone in a closet yeah. that are rooting for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a way to make us all feel connected. And I, I really, it's why it kind of like breaks my heart when I see people not wanting to associate with it or attach themselves with the word feminism or mm-hmm. with the Me Too movement, because it's about so much more than that. It's about really being able to feel connected. To, it's, a, it's about a community setting. Yeah, who are and, telling you that we're going to be here for you, arms wide open, ready to well, take you Well, and that's in. what's beautiful is that for me, I... I still have my arms wide open for those people. Me too, absolutely. You know what I mean? When you're ready, we're here. Even if you're never ready, I hope that those people know that there is somebody here that if you don't want to necessarily agree with everything that I have to say and that I what I believe in, I'm going to be here for you on a on a personal level. Put aside whether you're a Trump supporter, whether you're a 
you know, a person that doesn't agree with necessarily the exact same things that I agree with on a yeah. real deep personal level. Well, everyone's at a different place in this journey, exactly. right? Exactly. You know, so and you can't it? judge where they are. Um, it's very hard not to do. I get it. When you're, especially we're so, we're on such opposite sides right now. It's such a polarizing we're very divided, thing. Yeah. We're very divided. And I just feel like it. I should be able to be there for you as a fellow human being on this planet. Well, and because you that's likewise, the thing. It's kind of know? like, you know, Michelle Obama talks, you know, if like you go low, I'll go high. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to do. It's hard, God. but I, but I know that, you know, and even instances that I've been in, you're like, Oh man. So, I mean, quick, quick thing about me, I guess uh-huh. I feel like it's kind of a good segue. So yes, tell us about you. I'm Madigan. I was a figure skater for 13 years. It was my identity. Um, I'm from Minnesota from St. Paul and um, love my hometown. Don't want to move back. Shout out. <laughs> um, shout, shout out. out. <laughs> but um, some things that I've really dealt with in my life that have been kind of ways that I've defined myself in good ways and bad ways that I dealt with self-harm growing up a lot. And I was diagnosed with anorexia when I was 18 years old. I've been through treatment twice. Um and body positivity is a big thing that led me mm-hmm. to feminism. Yeah, absolutely. And I went to an amazing treatment center called Montanito in Calabasas, California, who, you know, their treatment was all about learning about your authentic self. And for me, that was when I really started to learn about um, what I stood for and about feminism and what that meant to me. And before really even knowing much about feminism in general. And so for me, you know, talking about people who come from sides of the world and ways of thinking that you don't agree with i had someone who was actually a really big bully to me growing up who was actually a family member and um i hadn't spoken to them in probably like 12 years at the time and when i was in treatment the second time when i feel like i fully recovered and got better from my illness she reached out to me saying that she was struggling with similar things because i was so outspoken about it she felt comfortable telling me and this is someone who i left the school because of her and some of the other girls and the way they taught me i left two middle schools because of bullying and being treated badly and i had to make a decision i remember talking to my therapist when i was in treatment being like do i help this person or do i just say you know fuck you and focus on myself and Mm -hmm. i decided to give her all the information that i had Mm -hmm. and resources and talk to her i gave her my phone number i said if you need me let me know and to me that's such an incredible example of what it truly means to be open and what it truly means what 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 sister solidarity really means yeah. well not just sister solidarity human solidarity totally in that like a lot of hurt people hurt people right right so and i, and so I was luckily was, able to yeah, see that the way she was treating you was absolutely a reflection on the way she felt inside and it made know? me understand her more because mm-hmm. i was already dealing with a lot of self-hatred and feelings i didn't understand at that age and i think that's why i dealt with a lot of self-harm and body image issues is because i didn't know how to deal with the other shit in my life and of it course, came out yeah. in really fucked up ways yeah. and so hearing that and and being far enough along in in my journey of being recovered that i was able to kind of see that and also um you know it was a testament as well because after a while you have to start drawing boundaries where you're like okay this is starting to be problematic because i'm having to give too much of myself Mm -hmm. and that's kind of when i started learning too about like when 
when is it okay to be helpful and when is it too much? When does it have to be like, you got to go to a therapist? You know what I right. mean? Like I kept saying, you got to tell your parents, you have to right. like reach out. Yeah. I can't be that for I think you. That that's I'm not an, a professional. That's an interesting topic. And I, I feel like every single episode we've recorded, we're like, we're going to do an we're episode gonna do on We're going to do it later this. because um, we probably will eventually. Because we probably will eventually. But I do feel like we should do an episode on, um, on mental health because... Yeah. There is a line, and I do think it be- can become kind of almost an addiction for people, myself included, where, like, you get really into helping other people to the yeah. point where you where starts- are sacrificing your own mental yeah. and emotional and Well, and that's been a big you know? thing for me where it's, you know, a- another thing with feminism is that that um, really led me to feminism is I feel like just my relationships with men Mm-hmm. And realizing as I've gotten older how fucked up they were. And that so, you can stand up for yourself. I think that's so... Yeah. I just didn't feel like I had any way to stand up for my... Even though well, I knew because, I was being treated like shit, I knew it was bad. Because you thought that you had to, like, go along with things yeah. to make life easier. Yeah. Well, okay, a little background about me and Keegan's friendship. We've been friends for about six years, I yeah. think, we were covering. Yeah. I moved to L.A. about... Like seven and a half years ago, and or me about something seven. Like you were here just a little bit before me. Yeah, and I hit so, my seven year mark on the second of January. So yeah, I was September. So I was dating somebody who it seemed like pretty casual, pretty cool. I really liked him, and he like introduced me to all of his like cool friends and stuff. And <laughs> Keegan was one of his cool friends. I was one of his cool friends' girlfriends. Which is even cooler. You know, like, I was not even, like, in his inner circle. Okay, do you remember when I came over? We sat in the hot tub? We sat in the hot tub. Was that the first time we hung out? It was one of the first times. I just remember that and having so much fun and feeling like, because moving to L.A., I was by myself. I didn't have a car. I didn't know anybody. Um, I was just going to I school. I didn't have a car either. I was broke as hell. I right. Was but depressed. you felt so, like, isolated. You know what I mean? Yeah. <gasps> yes. And, like, and so, like, as soon as you start, like, feeling a part of something, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, like, finally you, finding my way. When you friends who feel like they're, like, they're, you finally made, like, real friends. Right. Or people yeah. that, like, even, I mean, at that point, like, I don't think you and I had ever really had, like, a conversation. It no. It was just like, oh, my God, this person is, like, really cool and I could be friends with this but that person. Was cool. be wonderful. And actually, I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever told you this, like, now <gasps> that we're doing this. I know. Um, well, I mean, it's not that big a deal, but oh, I do remember my first day at, at school. I won't yeah. say school. Um, my first day, um... And we all had to kind of, like, stand up and introduce ourselves, which you know is my least favorite thing on the goddamn planet yeah. to do. Like, please don't make me do I that. I love it and hate it. I hate it. I love... I sincerely don't like it This is my issue. All. I love being center of attention and I hate it at No, the same I love time. being the center of attention, but I don't like doing that. Like, I don't like having to, like, <laughs> introduce myself in that way. You know I what feel I mean? you. I like being the center of attention when somebody else gives me words to say, you know? Like, like yeah. in a play or whatever. I just stick with the same thing. Um, But I remember... That was probably one of my first days at uh-huh. school. And I remember, I, I legitimately can picture it in my mind's eye. I remember you standing up and introducing yourself. Me? Yes. Because we were in the same room together. Why were we in the same room together? Because everyone who was getting ready to get started was in the same room. And but we started at different times, But you we? had come back. You had, <gasps> like, right. left. <gasps> I remember that, that yeah. day. You Wait. said it when you introduced yourself. You said, you said I'm Madigan, and I was here before, but I, I'm back, or something and like that. I think that. I remember saying, too, like, if you have any questions. Yes. I, yeah. yeah, you, I, so I, I, I mean, so it's not that special. I don't want you to be like, oh, my gosh, what are No, I, that I, is, I that makes me remember, feel good, though. I remember 
noticing you before you even knew who I was. Oh so. my god, that's yeah. the sweetest. That's, that's actually really sweet. <laughs> I just remember meeting you, and I remember seeing if I'm gonna, if we're gonna be giving compliments. I just remember seeing you. You did a scene where you were you were in a pink like sparkly dress and you were standing on a rooftop oh that was my showcase yes and i just remember that was carla carrillo's dress yes and i just remember thinking that you were like so talented and so wonderful i really do and and that was i think i think we had met each other but we hadn't like really we weren't like because you had dated a guy in my class yeah who I didn't date him. You went out on a Apparently, date Apparently, I stood him up. Oh, you stood him up? <laughs> I didn't know that I stood him up. We'll cut this out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. don't care. We no, didn't but, we but say I his known, name. I had known about you. But, um, no, but I'm wondering, how do we even, like, how do we stay? I mean, it's amazing that we, like, stayed in contact because there's so many people that I've met and I thought were cool. I think we just stay. I just think that we connected and we wanted to stay <laughs> friends. so mutable. Yeah. We've always, like, known each other's friends through all those stages, too, which I think is cool. And like, we're so freaking different now. Can we address how different how we are? Cr- but we kind of went through it at the in same the time. In the best way. In but the it, best way. But we kind of both went through that, like, shittiness to, like, wokeness at yeah. the same time. Yeah, kind of. which is super cool. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what kept us together, too, and is then, through social media and everything. Yeah. And, and then... then Donald Trump became president, and we yeah. were like, fuck everything. We're going full feminist. I need you. And what did we, what did we do together when Donald Trump became president? And elected? we covered this in the last episode. We went... No, but what else did we do that we didn't cover in the oh, episode? God, I, I don't know. Oh, oh my God, we need to take pictures. We got Madigan and I, a few days after we went to the march that we talked about in the last episode, we were on the train on the way to the march, and we were like, how about we go get... Um, Venus symbol tattoos. tattoos. So we have the women's symbol, the female symbol. I've got tattoo. it on my upper forearm. And She's I have got it on it my wrist. On like kind of the left side of her wrist. Yeah. So we will take a picture of that and post that to Instagram. We will. And for me, it's it's a very important. I freaking love tattoo. it. Oh, I love it too. I love that it's such. It's something that's really. I've got yeah. nine tattoos now, which is yeah. nuts. I only have three, but oh, I'm gonna have more forever. Oh, me too. I'm um, gonna get another one for sure. But it's it's in it's in a place that's so vulnerable for me, yet so powerful, and it's people crazy. can see it. I just posted a picture to my Instagram. I forget about it. Yeah. You know, and I forget that, because I have two other tattoos, but they're in places where you can't really see them too much. Yeah. And I forget how out in the open this tattoo yeah. is, because I did a photo shoot mm-hmm. um, in San Diego with a, a photographer who I love named... Um, uh, Sean Capshaw, and I, I I did a photo shoot in in San Diego, and I posted a picture on my Instagram, and I didn't notice until after I had posted it and it had been up for a while that I have my arm like this, and you she's sorry her head on her arm sorry <laughs> I, I had my my hands on like my my head and my wrist out, and you can totally see yeah. my tattoo. But that's what I love is that it's one of those indications for people that I feel like is kind of like a welcome symbol yeah yeah like, like you want to talk about shit i got you girl i'm here for you yeah yeah i think listen. that's i yeah. think that's cool i agree there are some other people that i've met too that have had similar tattoos i have the eating disorder recovery symbol on my wrist and there are people that i've met that have been like oh my god and like this one girl had it like as a butterfly and i like couldn't believe that somebody else knew what that symbol meant and we were able to like immediately make like this unspoken it's connection. It's like a beacon. It's like a lantern in your window. Yeah. You know, of like, I'm a safe place. I hear for you. you. Yeah. 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 I agree. I love it. I would love more tattoos like that because I have 
Um, well, to say, well, actually, we've got two tattoos together. We have. My very first tattoo I ever got, I got with Madigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Pacencia y Fe on the back of my, uh, on my back, um, which means patience and faith in Spanish. I probably butchered that to all my Spanish-speaking friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got it because I'm a musical theater nerd, and I was obsessed with In the Heights. Before Hamilton, for all of you who don't know, Lin-Manuel Miranda had a musical called In the Heights, which is a really big deal, and I loved that musical. And when I was going through a really tough time when Madigan and I were um, new friends and I was going through probably the toughest time of my life, probably one of the toughest times of your life too, um, I got that tattoo that just said patience and faith to remind myself of you just need to slow down and take a deep breath and yeah. uh, be patient and and have faith that things are going to get better. Yeah, it's interesting because like when I met Keegan, it was kind of at a at a downfall in my life as far as my my eating disorder went, and I got on my side of my rib cage. If I only had the nerve, I'm a huge Wizard of Oz nerd. Mm-hmm. That is something you are going to learn for sure. Um, I call myself an amateur Wizard of Oz historian, just yeah. for shits and gigs. Um, so I've but got we one. got those tattoos together, and we got our, our, our female our, symbol tattoos Our feminist together. tattoo symbols, mm-hmm. and I got, got tons of tattoos. You just know. to say my other, like, favorite one, just to give a good shout-out to one of my, like, best friends. I love the one on the back of your leg. The one on the back of my leg, it's like this, my friend Lindsay, she's Lindsay B. Tattoos on Instagram. She's amazing. She's out of um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she does these really cool, like, galaxy tattoos. They're beautiful. It's so cool. I've got, like, a geometric, like, triangles and diamonds with, like, the galaxy. Galaxy through them. And we'll my, take pics of our, our tattoos. We will, we will. And then my boyfriend has, um, he's Sagittarius, and so he's got, like, a bow and arrow with these two, like, little planets shooting Totally. Through. So go, cool. So go follow her, for sure. Because yeah. I, I, I see her when I'm on the um, Angry Neighborhood Feminist pod. Uh, her, sh- her twin sister, too, Kayla, is such a good hair colorist. Yeah. She does this cool thing. I've seen thing. her, the blue hair. She Yo, blue hair? Yeah, well, right yeah. now she does. It changes, like, yeah. every two days. But she does this thing where she, like, combs through the hair after she puts the color in it, and it's just, like, it puts you in a trance. Gorgeous. You're just like, ooh. Gorgeous. Well, I feel like we've kind of rambled on a little bit about ourselves, yes. but I want we wanted to make sure you guys kind of knew who we were because we didn't do an, a, yeah. meet, a Meet the Feminists. So, <laughs> meet the Feminists. Um, so this is going to be kind of an unusual episode. Most of our episodes won't be like this, but we wanted to do the first half, kind of Meet the Feminists, and now we're moving into the second half, which... We really want to start doing maybe every week or every other week doing um, kind of shorter episodes that are headlines that are in the news. Yeah, um, this this is this isn't going to be one of those mini episodes because we did the first half of right. Meet the so Feminist. it's going to be a little bit longer. It's going to be a probably, longer, a longer probably episode. not an hour and a half. Not an hour and a half. Um, but uh, we wanted to kind of get into um, some things that were, yeah. were in the news this week. Right. Um, well, and also Keegan and I constantly are sending each other we're sliding into dms with like funny feminist things we find or things that anger us or things that make us laugh and so mm-hmm. i think it'd be a good place for us to kind of like share that with you guys you yeah in on the conversation yeah. so we're gonna have um i think this is a good time to mention that we're gonna have our regular episodes coming out every monday mm-hmm. which is one will come out on a monday and then we will be doing hopefully um many kind of what's in the news what's what's going on with us on thursdays maybe not every thursday maybe every other thursday but we'll be doing um those on on thursday releases so yeah we wanted to kind of Bring that up. Yeah. Um. So, 
What's what the biggest thing that happened in the news this well, week? Okay, do we want to start with? Are we gonna start with that because it's a biggie with Larry Nasser? Actually, let's go ahead and start with that, and then let's I've got start, I've got we'll a couple more, more lighthearted. Things we'll end with lighthearted yeah, things. Yeah. Okay, so Larry Nasser was uh, taken to court. There was 150 women who gave their testimonies, all um, Olympians, all amazing athletes and uh-huh. women that I've looked up to. Um. And those are even some things that we've kind of shared with each other over the internet, too. Allie, is it Reisman or Raceman? I think it's... I, I told... Listen. I totally listened to a YouTube video today to figure out how to say her last name. I think it's Raceman. 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 It's Raceman. Okay, because my best friend's a gymnast. I feel like she's said Raceman. So. I think it's Raceman. She said, Larry, you do realize now that we, this group of women you so heartlessly abused over such a long period of time, are now a force and you are nothing. The tables have turned, Larry. We are here and we are not going anywhere. Oh, I know. Girl, Look at Did you? Oh, my God. She literally right wrote the my notes. same thing. It's right there in my notes. So um, good. And I don't want it to I don't want to diminish the stories of all these other women. Um. We, of course, are doing two episodes this week, so I really feel like I didn't get enough time to do as much research as I wanted to on all the other yeah. women who were so brave and testified and did. Well, we see you. We've but seen we it. We see know you. It. And, oh, my God, the strength in that courtroom. Like, I cannot. Dude, can you believe, can you imagine being him and listening to listening to 150 girls I, it that you It fills me with so much joy that he had to fucking sit through that. Oh, oh it, my it has, God. It makes, like, a fire in my belly. Oh, my like, God. Like, I just think of, like, because these girls that he abused, they were so young and powerless, and now there's, like, they're older and powerful, and they have a voice, and yeah. they're, like, Well, I mean, and also ready to think kick about, ass. it's not just dealing with somebody who's older than you, like an older man, is hard enough. But an Olympic doctor? A doctor who you... Like, and, okay. Well, he was said as, like, a miracle worker. And doctors can make you feel uncomfortable anyway, right? Like, even when they're doing their job... Um, well, I know I've I've felt uncomfortable not not in like an I feel like I've been abused way but just in like you're vulnerable you're in a place where yeah. like maybe your clothes aren't on or you're being touched somewhere where you're not usually being touched because they're trying to figure yeah. out the problem so the line is so blurry as like a young woman trying to figure out if like was that a normal thing that a doctor was supposed to do or, or was, was he abusing his power well, and did he you was s- abusing his did power did you hear that like with some of these cases i keep having to move my legs, my legs no go so ahead stiff. so oh sorry God. if we hear some bumps yeah i'm like trying to find a way for my legs to be comfortable but did you You're read good. did you read that he like did this in front of parents sometimes like he was able to like i didn't read that yeah which i'm wondering they where i've read that it it, it kind of like not gone into detail about it, but what I'm assuming is that if he was maybe having to do, like, vaginal exams or if there was something like that, that I'm wondering if he was able to kind of sneakily... I bet he did. Do shady and shit. I bet someone like him... I Or at least that, be able to justify it. it to parents, too. Right, like, I have to do this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have you in the room this time so you can see that this is something that I have to do, which probably really gaslighted the victim when they went back to their parents and was like, I feel like he's doing whatever to me inappropriately because they were in the room and they were like, no, 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 honey, he has to do that. Yeah. You know, so he just violated. Well, because the adults probably, they're also in a position where they're, they're, um, 
trusting a doctor. Mm-hmm. Even if you're an adult, of you're course. still kind of in that position. And you, you're in a very unique position of having a child who is an Olympic athlete, right? Yeah. So you have a child who has very specific medical needs that maybe other people's children don't have. Yeah. So you're really putting a lot of your faith and a lot of yourself into these doctors. Because you don't have that personal mm-hmm. knowledge yourself. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're really trusting them yeah. to, to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, and to me... It was incredible that all these girls got up there and they said what they needed to say and they were so strong. I can't even imagine being that strong. Knowing just the things that have happened to me in my life and the idea of having to face that person is so traumatic to me. It makes me want to cry right now. Yeah. So I can't imagine how much strength it would take to get in front of those people but and how say that. gratifying for me when Incredible. I think of the people that have hurt me in my life I would love to, honestly for where I am in my life with the person really mm-hmm. singularly that I feel has really been a setback for me in parts of my life I would love to see that person right I would love to see that person and have them see me being exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. Purple hair, no makeup, being how I want to be, mm-hmm. speaking my Especially mind. Especially since I think I know who you're talking about, and it, it's it's such a everything he tried to tell you. you oh, yeah. You Wear your be. makeup this way. Yeah. Dress yeah. this way. Act this way. Right. Don't speak unless spoken to. And right. that's funny is people are like, oh, my God, you talk so much. I'm like, yeah, because I couldn't talk for three years. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like. Right. You have a newfound freedom. And even if you didn't, it's just who you are. And right. fuck that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, you totally. can be exactly who you want to be. And it doesn't matter. I-, I talk a ton, too, which is yeah. why we have a podcast. <laughs> we like We've, to talk. This is the second episode um, of the day. We've been talking for, like, five hours. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Um, but that's the thing is I, I, I was kind of like, oh, like, I wish that I could see that person and have him just take a good look at me and just right. be like, look oh. at the things that you tried to do to me to change mm-hmm. me and look at how that didn't fucking yeah. work. As scary as it must have been for Allie Reisman to do what she did. And she said it. She said she almost passed out. Like she yeah. said she was. She felt like she was going to pass out. But the strength coming away from that, and I feel like... She's going to carry that with her forever. Forever. And I feel like we can kind of relate to it as people who regularly put ourselves in situations where we have to be vulnerable in front mm-hmm. of groups of people. The, how terrified you feel when you're about to go in front of somebody, and then how fucking good you feel when you walk oh, away. Oh, it's so cathartic. And, and think about that magnified a hundred times. Yeah. For dealing with this thing that was so traumatizing to you and seeing the person who did that to you in such a vulnerable state is, like, incredible. Well, and then also I think that those those girls know that when they leave, it's not just about them. It's about all of those mm-hmm. people to come and that fire is in them mm-hmm. to be like, no, you're never going to do this to anyone again mm-hmm. because I was little and you took advantage of me. And you're never going to be able to be in that position ever again, so fuck you. Yeah, and you're able to give a voice to these people who maybe feel like they couldn't have had one. Exactly. And that's what's amazing about these women, is who knows how many people he actually affected. Yeah, I mean... These are 150 that are able just to speak. That are willing to speak about it. Imagine if there's 150 or 200 more that can't 
say anything. Yeah. Wasn't there, wasn't um, Michaela Maroney, wasn't she going to be, mm-hmm. like, fined? Mm-hmm. And Chrissy Teigen uh-huh. was like, honey, I will pay that I'll fine. Pay that. It's a $100,000 fine. And Chrissy Teigen was like, I'll do it for you. Ugh, again, girls! Again, I don't know how many how many times are we going to say Sister Solidarity? Sister I feel Solidarity! Like, I feel like we should have t-shirts that say, like, hashtag Sister, Sister solidarity. solidarity. Because, we like... We hashtag everything Because that, that, that is what that is. And Chrissy Teigen summed it up perfectly, which was like, this shouldn't even be a thing that I have to step in and do, but for you, I will do it. But it shouldn't even be a thing where she no. would get fined no. for talking about this traumatic, horrible thing that happened to her. No, and um, so on. And the I heel- mean, that's the thing. It's kind of like with Donald Trump, where he had relations with a porn star, right? Stormy Daniels, right? Yeah. And so... She's about to be on Jimmy Kimmel if we want to go into that part Really? Which I can't wait for. I'm so excited. But, like, he, you know, they paid so much money. And what's also interesting is that, like, I've worked where I've had to, like, sign an NDA. Oh, so have I. And I've had friends where I've never really been, like, mistreated with the NDA, but I have a friend who has been... Like, where there's definitely some shady shit, but it's like mm-hmm. you've signed the NDA, so if you say anything, this person who's more powerful than you can probably mm-hmm. retaliate and be like, look, you signed this piece of paper, you can't say well, anything. Well, that's kind of a thing which um, I didn't know. Okay, so the Golden Globes happened not too long ago, and there was the whole thing with the Time's Up movement. Yeah. And I know that there was a lot of people who were like, this is so stupid, all these celebrities, like, it, it's a shallow gesture, is what mm-hmm. a lot of people thought. But I listened to... Um, this stuff mom never told you episode on Times Up, and they had a woman um, who who does like a lot of uh, social work or activism work with yeah. Times Up, who came in and talked about it, and um, there a lot of these celebrities are like donating money to help people fight these cases where maybe they've signed an NDA and then they yeah. were sexually assaulted and yeah. they feel like they can't say anything about it and they obviously can't go and fight it in court because these corporations or these people, these powerful people have so much money and influence and power that they don't feel like they can fight against it. So then you have got, like, these celebrities who are donating to this fund to go in and and help that. But that's... She she mentioned the NDA and how you should be very careful and leery about ever signing. You shouldn't be made... Companies should not ask you to sign an NDA that includes sexual assault in it or anything like that. Right, and I don't think that mine necessarily said that. I didn't read mine because I'm dumb, and I was like, it's fine, and I just signed it. I read most of mine. It was pretty long when I had to sign one, but it was mostly just about, you know, not, because I worked in a home, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was about not not talking about things that happened in the home, but at the same time, that's a very blanketed statement. Well, you worked for a celebrity, Yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Dude, okay, so Keegan's boyfriend is making banana bread right now, and I'm intoxicated it, right? mm. by that smell. Mm. It smells good. My boyfriend oh. learned how to bake, and it's like a new passion. He Can learned he how to bake. Chris? He learned how to bake one thing. Listen, he only knows how to bake banana bread, but he is in it hardcore. He makes like a new loaf every week. Which can is you great. teach? Can you teach Mabu? He, sure, it's the easiest recipe. Oh in the my world. god! Can our boyfriends get together and have? They can bake man while time? we record. Yes, that'd be amazing. That's so flip that script. That's so feminist. That's great. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, um, well I wanted to kind of bring up, whenever you talked about how it like wasn't enough, um, I wanted to bring up how Allie Reisman, after the verdict came in, she... I think everyone kind of expected her to be really, really happy and excited. And I think she ended up saying that, okay, I'm going to read this. The 23-year-old gymnast opened up about the headline-making sentencing in an interview with People at the Ari Real Role Models campaign launch event in New York on Thursday and urged USA Gymnastics, Michigan State University, and U.S. Olympic Committee and the National Collegiate Athletic Association to take steps to prevent sexual abuse in the sport. Mm -hmm. They have to get to the bottom of what happened. And until we do that, and until there is an independent investigation, we can't be sure this won't happen again. So until I'm sure that these organizations are taking it seriously, then there won't be justice. Well, that's the thing is that the Olympic organization Mm -hmm. isn't isn't taking its responsibility right. for what it's done. We're, we're, so, and what's what's lucky for them is that we're focusing so much energy on Larry Nasser mm-hmm, that it's yeah. not really being put upon them. Right. But really, that's the next step in this whole thing. While there's a victory that this horrible man is behind bars, the fact that people think that maybe this is the one bad guy is... No, they're all complicit. And, not there. And I, I thought that was interesting when I was kind of doing a little bit of research I was able to do for this, that she isn't satisfied with this verdict, even though the person who harmed her will be in jail for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. She recognizes that there 
was an entire organization that completely allowed this to happen to mm-hmm. her. And and until those people, until there's an investigation to ensure that this will never happen again. I mean, we see it in the Catholic Church. We see it in Penn State. How many times have we seen the same story where yep. this has been allowed to happen? Because it's just, they're just scratching the surface. They're mm-hmm. not... They're not going all the way in. And yeah. what I think is interesting is it's it's popping up everywhere. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this movement, this Me Too movement, and about what, you know, Larry Nasser's um, hearing and everything. What rocked my world, and not in a good way, is that a man that I've known since I was 12 oh, yeah. years old, yeah. who was a skating coach at the club that I grew up in, was... Um, found to have been sexually assaulting a young girl for years and years, and I've always felt was weird he a about coach? him. He was a coach, and he coached a lot of my friends, and he had this like high tech technology. So basically, like he could record, um, he could record you skating, and then it would basically like be next to like Sasha Cohen or Michelle Kwan, who was doing it a certain way, and you could kind of compare oh, wow. it. It was called like Redfish. So it or... seems really cool. It was cool, and it gave him an edge, which made him like really valuable to our club because we were all about being like the cutting most edge. cutting edge. Mm-hmm. You know, we had springs in the floors of our office room. We had uh, Alexei Mishin, who. Uh, trained Evgeny Plashenko and um, Alexei Agudin, and they both won Olympic medals. You know what I mean? Like, we we were all about that whole kind of thing. And so he was a lot of people's, like, jump coaches and, and real coaches, and, like, he brought this girl over from the West Coast, I believe, and she, if I remember correctly, like, even lived with him. And I had always been a little skeeved out by him. Just got a weird vibe. Yeah, my mom, I remember my mom asking my coach, like, should Maddie be doing this, like, you know, technology thing? And my coach was just like, no. Thank God I wasn't meant to do that because I, I just didn't like him ever. So the fact, like, when I heard that, I was just like, as sad as it is, it doesn't even surprise me. And that's something that I think has been around where people have I have tried to draw boundaries between coaches and their kids. I know that my friend who's a gymnast in high school, the coaches, the male coaches weren't allowed to touch them in certain areas. They had like a female kind of like secondary so coach. So sad that we even have to do that. You know, right. it's, but, it's, it's, but, but also, we have to. Thank God. Yeah. Thank no, God that they do that. It's so sad that we have to do that. But at the same time, thank God that we're doing that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, at in the world of figure skating, a lot of times, like, I went on trips with my coach. We did our own thing. I slept over at her apartment. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where parents put their full trust in you to really take care of their kids when they aren't there. I stayed the night at my, my fifth grade teacher. She had a stepdaughter who was around our age, and we were some of our favorite students, me and my friend Jordan. And she, my, my mom totally allowed it, and it was fine. I, she was a great woman. Her and her husband were amazing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, like... It, but it, that could have been a bad it situation. Been, like, it, that's what's so scary, is just, like, as a parent, how do you know... Because these people seem totally, they seem totally innocent. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine if we want to talk about that, about the parents. Like, it honestly makes me want to cry right now because I'm thinking about how much guilt 
would you put on yourself for putting yeah. your children in this situation? Yeah. You would definitely have to go to therapy yourself too, yeah. to realize that you didn't know. You know what I mean? It's like, not your fault. It's yeah, not your fault. It's but not. like how it's no one's fault. Like in this situation that we're talking about, it's no one's fault but Larry well, that's not true. It's Larry Nasser's fault and anybody who was complicit in yep. allowing and him to And anybody who it. was yep, who was saying who was willing to turn a blind eye. Right. It's their fault. But as far as the victims and their families, it's not your fault. And like never, ever feel that way because the, the situations that I've had in my life, it's been so hard for me to not feel like it was my fault. Yeah. So I know that that's the way that you feel. Because that's almost easy. I feel like for people, they feel like it's almost easier than to go into the fact that it's not your Cause fault. Because it's in your control in a weird way. Right. You they, can, it's you can easier for them to that. rationalize it. I feel like right. if you're like, well, it was my fault, so I should feel bad about it. End of story. You can maintain a hold on something if you believe that it was your fault in a way. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, and it's easier, too, because the same thing we were talking about, it's easier to live a happy life if you just kind of push things aside. Of course, yeah. Then realize that something's wrong and you have to stand up for it. Right, yeah, and to put yourself in a really uncomfortable position where you exactly. need to deal with it. Um, well, Should do we, we do wanna... some lighthearted stuff? Oh, wait, hold, well, hold on. Just just before we do some lighthearted yes. stuff, yes, I, just wanted, I just want to acknowledge... Um, Judge Aquilina real quick. Yes, girl! <laughs> Just really Please. quickly before we move on to, like, the lighthearted stuff. I love her! Because, listen, The Atlantic wrote an article. There have been articles all over criticizing her and saying that she was too this or too that. Shut up! But you up. know what? She was dealing with a predatory piece of shit. Yep. And... I applaud the shit out of the way she handled yes! that situation. She let all of those survivors step in and talk. And um, I, I wrote here some of her quotes uh, from the trial. And she said, I have said what I need to say to the victims. I have little more to say. You are no longer victims. You are survivors. Mm, girl! And, oh, my God, it just fills my heart Doesn't with so much, Doesn't it make you like, want to, like... Woo. Go like Rocky Balboa. Yes. Like, honestly, like I had like a skip in my chest. Yeah. It's so freaking good. Like she's so amazing. And um, I love that this piece of shit tried to be like, Larry Nasser tried to be like, I can't listen to these girls say any more things. Can I please be excused? I can't what? handle it. He, did you not hear that? No. He wrote a letter to the judge before Allie Reisman said her thing. So <gasps> after, I don't know how many people had spoken. Yeah. He wrote a letter to the judge had it handed to the judge where he was like, I can't handle hearing... Oh, the letter she tosses aside. Yeah. Well, yes. I, that might have been... Yeah, I don't know. I think it was one of those. Yeah. yeah. Wrote, I think you wrote a couple. But yeah, that was that was one where he wrote a letter to her where he was like, I can't emotionally handle hearing any more of the testimony from these girls. Wow, and, wow, wow. And, he, and the, I, I don't have the direct quote from the judge, but she basically said, after all of the years of of torment that damage you that put you these girls through for your own pleasure. That's what she said. You can you can sit and listen to what these girls have to say and let the girls continue on. <laughs> and then she charged him with 175 years. Sing. Mama! And she said, I've signed your death warrant. You're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. Mm. You don't deserve to be out. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Uh, so that's um that's it uh, on that. We've got a couple of kind of like lighthearted things, or, or not maybe lighthearted, but things that I was excited about. Um, can I say what I was excited yes, about? Yes. Tell me what you're excited about, and then I'll tell you what I'm excited about, and we can. Female Colonel Sanders. Oh my God! So funny. 
I think Reba as the female Colonel Sanders is so fucking funny. It makes... Okay, if you haven't seen the commercial, watch it because it makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense, but it's so funny. But it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Watch it. Support it or don't. It's... Fuck. It makes no sense. Like it or don't, but I think it's hilarious. I honestly was silent. I am a woman of many words. I was silent watching that We watched it together and both of us were like, I don't... I don't know what the hell is happening right yeah, now. Yeah, I just didn't have any. But I love to say. Reba, so I'm down. And you know what? Girl power, the first female Colonel Sanders. Let's do this. Let's do it. So I'm into weird. it. I'm into it. I'm into it. It's so fucking weird. Um, so I love that. And then the um, this is some some like bitter, bitter joy that Go I for feel. It. Woody Allen. Maybe getting his comeuppance here. This is an article um, from Jezebel. Jezebel. Uh, who wrote this? Uh, Whitney Kimball wrote this article, and I will just, I'm just going to read it. Um, Soon after several cast members of Woody Allen's new film, A Rainy Day in New York, disowned Allen and donated their salaries from the movie to Time's Up and other organizations, Amazon may finally stop the annual churn of tedious movies about the lives of the rich. Page Six reported today that a film industry executive, quote-unquote, told them that Rainy Day will either not come out or will get dumped by Amazon without any PR or theatrical Damn! See, and that's the thing, is I talked about this in the episode that we were never going to air about Selena Gomez and her part in it. Where she... Her apology for freaking Woody Allen, who's um, a piece of shit. Apology in quotations. She said, I actually put aside what he did in the past because I'm a highly professional artist. Shut up. And the universe works in interesting ways. Oh, shut up. (laughs) And, like, it says, Selena Gomez on work with a known rapist and child abuser, Woody Allen. It's like, how are we forgetting this? Like, that's the thing is that people... People are so okay with forgiving these fucking, like, white feminists blind to the real issues people, such as Lena Donham, who's done shitty Mm, stuff, Selena Gomez, who's done shitty stuff. It's like, it is not private information. Right. This is very public stuff. Well, and that's the thing. People are still forgetting it. In the era of post-Weinstein putting down the hammer on this shit... The two that get me and make me most infuriated are Woody Allen and Roman Polanski. The fact that we've managed Ugh. to still be like, it's cool that they're still like making movies and doing shit. Well, Roman Polanski just really kind of like he grosses fled. me out. In he a, fled. Yeah, like, but, but I the, watched a documentary on him, and I was just did. like, how did this even happen? He did, but the fact that the Academy and Hollywood still honors him and applauds him and does standing well, ovations for him at yeah, the Academy it's Awards, up. it's but disgusting. The thing that's weird is like so I'm a really I'm very fascinated by anything involving Charles Manson mm-hmm. and the fact that like his wife was murdered by Charles Manson has kind of I feel like given him a pass. Right. Well the th- okay yes. The thing about Roman Polanski is that he's a Polish man whose family was killed by Nazis. Yes. Whose wife was murdered by Charles Manson. Horrible he, life. He has had a terrible life. It that doesn't, doesn't forgive it. you raping a 13 year old. Mm-hmm. It doesn't forgive that. It doesn't forgive and it at all. Shouldn't and that's the thing is that you can that's the thing that I that I always kind of say to people where they don't understand my interest in true crime it's like I'm not saying that what they're doing is okay but like sometimes learning the backgrounds of people at least helps you understand the I psychology think, behind course. it or is fascinating and I think understanding where people are coming but from and, and, and offering your humanity to them as another yeah. human being is 
is one thing, and, and I think something that we all need to do more of. Yeah. Okay? It but, be, but the thing is... But that is, doesn't mean you have to be okay with it. It doesn't mean you have to be okay with it, and it also doesn't mean that you need to forgive somebody who's never shown any repentance for what he, he did. He ran away! He, like, he was like, like, I'm gonna be fucked, and I want right. to still make stupid, douchey movies. Bye. And there are people in prison who have done horrible things who I'm willing to say, if you've shown me that you've got remorse for that we're human beings we can do terrible things and while you should you should suffer the consequences of what you did i can say you're a human being you know and you should be You've treated grown. like a human being and like people can change yeah but he hasn't shown that he's changed at all and neither no. has woody allen no like and we keep he's hiding honoring away these from people it. we keep honoring them because and i swear they have good pr or something they're able to just like mm-hmm. push it aside and as someone who enjoys I, and I'll say this, I don't watch them, but as someone who enjoyed Woody Allen movies and loves Rosemary's Baby... I've never seen like, any Woody Allen movies, I, I think. freaking love Annie Hall. I do. I like Woody Allen movies. But there are some things that I just can't separate the art from the artist. You can't. You know you what really, I mean? And that's the thing is that people like to use that as a explanation as to why they find it okay to watch these things, but And people really, can make their own lines. You can make you can draw your own lines. Yeah. Because again, you know Well we were just talking about Birth of a Nation. Yeah, we were talking about we were talking about Birth of a Nation, which will actually be the next episode. Oh, okay. But spoiler um, alert. Sorry. But we do talk about Birth of a Nation and and being able you know, everyone needs to draw their lines where they are. Where yeah. for me I won't watch Woody Allen movies. I won't watch Roman Polanski movies. I won't listen to no. Chris Brown. There are lines that I have drawn <sighs> the, in the sand. Did you know that Blackish fucking had Chris Brown no. as a guest star? No. That was the last episode of Blackish I ever watched. <sighs> I was obsessed with that show. Done with it. And people have not said, I can't. Honestly, I went on Tumblr because that's where things fucking rage. And a few people said it, but honestly, I haven't found anything else. It, that anything that honestly it. makes me feel physically ill. Like, I can't stand Chris and, Brown. And I don't know why he has a career. And what's his name? Anthony, the, the lead the lead role. Oh, I heard about that. He, he He supported it. Yeah, I know. And no, a lot of people do. And Yara Shahidi. No, and I love her. She's this woke young feminist. Her. Don't ruin her for me. It's her show. No. She's on Blackish. What'd she do? Did she, she didn't do anything. Something? I don't know. She did nothing. That's oh, what I'm saying. She didn't do anything. I well, haven't seen a few years damn... ago, though, right? She was no. Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. This came out not even a year ago. So I did. I did background for the show, and mm-hmm. I. It was right out. I just binge watched like the whole series up to like the that season or whatever. This was almost a year ago, and so I was watching all the latest episodes. I was into it, and I. It was like an episode from maybe six months ago, and I was like. Why is Chris Brown on this episode? I can't, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I don't care if you are part of the TV show. Honestly, I would be like, if I'm so important to this show, you will do I'd something about it or I will not be in yeah, this episode. I would boycott that episode. No way. No way. I would not do it. I wouldn't feel safe around him. Nope. I wouldn't want to be a part of it. And I he's, would be he's like, another done. one who's not given any repentance at was all. Was it Jay-Z that, like, d- that didn't stand up that one time where the, he got like a standing ovation for know. something? There's I don't a, know, but I hope so. There's Jay-Z's a funny... fucking bomb. I actually had something um, about Jay-Z to talk about this week, too, but we can Love. skip it. We'll do it another time. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention for anybody who doesn't know 
about the allegations about Woody Allen yeah. and why we might feel so excited that his new film is going to be snubbed and yep. and not um, released is Woody Allen. The, there are allegations and have been allegations uh, for, for, a for years and years. This says a quarter of a century. Public, yeah. these, these allegations I've, have I've been public. I've always known of him as that. Right. These allegations have been public for a quarter of a century uh, that Woody Allen molested his daughter, Dylan Farrow. Um, and it's supported by Mia Farrow, who was his partner at the time, and um, their son, Ronan, um, also disowns Woody Allen and supports his sister and his mother. Good. And uh, I guess a lot of people are are speaking up now. Um, Colin Firth, Rebecca Hall, Mira Servino, Greta Gerwig, Chloe Sevigny, uh, Rachel uh, Braj... Brosnan um, and Ellen Page are all um, speaking up, but a lot of people have not said anything um, for decades. And Dylan Farrow, I know, even up until a couple of years ago, has had to continue to she still has her story. to well, she still has to defend herself. Yeah, she's had today. to tell her story over and over and over again about well, this horrible thing that happened to her when she was a child. Yeah, you know, and she I should believe have her. To do that. I oh, believe I do too. Her. Well, uh, who's the guy? His name is Timothy, and the last name is difficult. From call me, uh, call, call me by, by your name. name. Yeah. He was going to be in that movie with Selena Gomez. And he said that anything that I know, he was in it, but he said that, you know, he sees the error of his ways and that any money that I will be making from the film will be going to XYZ charities. Good. Listen, it's not about not not making mistakes. No. You can make mistakes. It's just rectify them in the way that they and, were a mistake. And that that was Selena a mistake Gomez is not recognizing right. her mistake. And so then it just is, looks like you just made, you were just doing it to make money. To exactly. Me, what and like. what's funny is like, she must be going through some shit with her mom or something. Cause her mom did an interview and bad talking her being with Justin Bieber, which I don't blame her. And also saying that, um, she doesn't, she tried to tell her not to do the movie with Woody Allen, but she's like, she's an adult. She can do what she wants. That's right. And I was like, damn, like throwing your daughter under the bus. Shit. Yeah, like, but, well. but sometimes family can only go so far. You still have to be able to say, look, I relationships know. with adults are relationships with adults. And, exactly. you know, regardless of relationships that, you know, mother, daughter, sister, 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 brother, whatever it is, yeah. regardless of relationships, sometimes it's just, you got to treat them like another human being, yep. you know? Um, Can I say... Wait, do yes. you have more about Woody Allen to no, say? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. good on that. So, I have something fun to say that I sent you that I'm obsessed with. Yes. Um, there's a flower. Oh, yes. We're going to post about that for sure. <laughs> there's a flower called the Clitoria. Yes. And there's this... It looks like a Tumblr post. It says, this it flower like is called the Clitoria <laughs> and is my new favorite plant. It looks straight up like a vagina it with does, a clitoris. It does. Like it's a giant amazing. clitoris It looks like it. something Georgia O'Keeffe would have painted. Yeah, totally. You know? And then it says, $5 that female scientists found this. And then someone else says, $10 that male scientists are still looking for it. But, it, but where is the lie? But wah, where wah, is wah, the wah. lie? <laughs> All the men are going to be like, Love what it. the fuck? I know where a clitoris is. Prove it. <laughs> yeah, Listen, for real though. Show your girl. 
show you, girl, where the clitoris is. And with that. And with that. Um, we hope you kind of enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit of an unconventional episode. Um, but we do want to be doing, like, uh, shorter versions of this going yes. forward. Let us know. Let's if get you, to if know, If you yeah. like it, uh, give us a comment. Um, if you have something that you want us to talk about, generally we're going to be talking about current events when we do yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. Send um, us a DM or an email. Um, I think maybe we might have to get on Twitter. <sighs> I don't really want to. I'll do it. But I think we might have to get I'll on Twitter. Because people be in charge really of Twitter. like Twitter. Keegan, I just gotta say, Keegan is a badass. She's been editing our, our stuff. <laughs> She's you. been, like, coordinating all of our episodes. And, like, she is the brains behind all of That's this not business. not entirely true, but thank you very much. And I'm amazed by her. But anyway, so I will <laughs> do Twitter. So I feel like I'm not such a lazy no, asshole. No, stop it. Um... But let's, so our email, give us the email. Our email is neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. And our Instagram? Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Is there anything else they need to know? I don't think so. We'll be in touch about our Twitter account. Yeah. Our, our, our upcoming Twitter account. It'll probably be the same as the Instagram. <laughs> well, um, at that, we, we encourage you to rage on. Rage on, fellow angry feminists. feminists. <laughs> Bye. Very good. Bye. Greetings, fantasy fans and adventure aficionados. I'm your host, Kip Killigan, and to my left is the legendary Stormclad Thundertongue. Uh, who in the hell's put sleeves on my suit? Join us every Monday to watch teams of heroes rise through the ranks of the League of Ultimate Questing. We're serving up a double-decker high fantasy blood sport burger with all the comedy fixins and no napkins. Bring a bib, because things are going to get messy. Visit the LUQ.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are available. No dungeon too deep, no quest too questionable. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. And now a word from our sponsors. One out of four barbarians over 30 suffer from enraged child dysfunction. I can't keep it up like I used to. That's why there's Viagra for rage enhancement. Ask your party cleric if Viagra is right for you. Contact an apothecary for any rages lasting more than four hours. Viagra. We keep you raging hard on the battlefield.